Well, good evening, family. I am excited to be here. I am so happy to be uh, a part of of not only the Every Nation family, but the Grace Covenant family. Uh, uh, Pastor Jim, uh, as he said, you all did not birth us, but um, you're a real tight cousin. Uh, so <laughs> we, are, we are excited about it. Uh, uh, by, by way of uh, being trained by Every Nation, I want to uh, introduce you all to my family. Like uh, Pastor Jim said, my name is AJ. I do serve at our church down the road. Um, and uh, I have a beautiful wife. Oh, there they are. Look at that. Good. Now, see, that was without $20 right there, okay? Uh, my wife is Angel. She's here in our front row. Can we just praise God for my wife? Real quick? <laughs> I, have, uh, I have three children. I have uh, Aylin, our daughter. She is three. Asa, our son, he is two. And Avonlea, our, our, our third daughter, I don't even know. Our third daughter is uh, two and a half uh, months. I've said second daughter, see? Um, <clears throat> So basically, I'm not saying that saying that I have three children under three is a prayer request, but if you want to throw one up, that would be just fine. That would, that would, I'm okay. I'm okay with that. Um, I, I, I want to say uh, before I begin tonight that there are, there are, are few pulpits that I, I respect as much as this one. Um, you all have an amazing, amazing, amazing leadership team, an amazing, amazing, amazing man and woman of God. That's right. Let's praise God for our pastors, <clears throat> that uh, not only um, are, they, are they pastoring this church, but they, they pastor Chris and I, they, they mentor us, they help us, they, they challenge us. And so I'm grateful for your entire leadership team. I'm grateful for you, Pastor Brett, Miss Cynthia, uh, Pastor Jim, Miss Angie. I'm so thankful for this opportunity. Amen? Amen? All right, so let's get to the text for tonight. We're going to be coming from Matthew 14, Matthew 14. Matthew 14, we're going to be reading verses 22 through 31, 22 through 31, Matthew 14, verses 22 through 31. And it reads, immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. After dismissing the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Well into the night, he was there alone. Verse 24, meanwhile, the boat was already some distance from land, battered by waves, because the wind was against them. Jesus came toward them walking on the sea very early in the morning. Verse 26, when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. Immediately, Jesus spoke to them, have courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter answered him, command me to come to you on the water. Jesus calling his bluff, he said, come. (laughs) And climbing out of the boat, Peter started walking on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the strength of the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand, caught hold of him. And said to him, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Father, we thank you, Lord, for this divine opportunity, this divine moment, Lord. I pray, God, that this is a moment where I stop speaking and you start speaking, God. Lord, I pray that you would move by your spirit, Father. Do what only you can do in this service. In Jesus' name, amen. 
As I said, I have uh, three children. My oldest daughter, her name is Aylin, and uh, she's, she's, she turned three in April, and she's about that age where she starts to understand, like, holidays and birthdays and things like that. And so uh, before her birthday party, uh, when she turned three, I asked her, I said, um, I said well, what do you want to do for your birthday party? And I asked her, this is because I'm a little planner. I'm the executive pastor, so I, like, you know, I passed her the spreadsheet. And so I was like, so, you know, what do you, you want to do for your birthday? And my, the, the, the problem with the question was that I asked her to Two months before her birthday. And all the experienced parents in the room go, oh, oh, you poor child. So I said, honey, well, what do you want to do for your birthday? And, 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 and she said she wanted to do Moana. That was big. And she wanted to, you know, do her little wayfinding, right? right? I, I, no one knows how far I'll go, all that other stuff, right? So she's into her little Moana thing. I said, okay, baby, we can do a Moana birthday party for you. The, 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 the problem was the next day, she said, um, <clears throat> Daddy, is it my birthday? And I said, no, honey, your birthday is in April. She doesn't know what an April is. She doesn't, <laughs> that's not even in her context. And so she said, and I said, no, honey, your birthday is in April. And, 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 and she said, okay. And, and so then the next day she said, well, Daddy, um, is it my birthday? Is it, is it, I said, no, your birthday is, is in April. Well, well, is it April yet? I said, I said, no. And, and, and what, what I found that she was doing was that her father had promised her something, and, but she was waiting for the fulfillment of the promise from her father. What I was realizing my daughter was doing was she needed to find a moment where, where she needed to know how to act and behave in the middle, in between what she has heard from her father promise her into receiving and coming into fully what, uh, what uh, that, that promise would be. And so I find tonight that as we look at our text that there is some instructions that God wants us to get in the middle. There's some instructions that God wants to give us tonight from, from point where we hear what God has said over our lives, what God has declared over our lives, what God has said, and then our fulfillment, our walking into that promise. In the middle, in the middle. So the title of my message, if you have not figured it out already is in the middle. Three things that I want to highlight before I get out of your way. I want to talk about straining, searching, and stepping. Straining, searching, and stepping. Y'all ready to rock and roll tonight? Amen. Amen. All right, the first point, straining. We're going to go to verses 22 through 24. It says, immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. After dismissing the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. Well into the night, he was there alone. Meanwhile, the boat was already some distance from land, battered by the waves because the wind was against them. So here we see that Jesus tells the disciples to go do something. Jesus tells the disciples to go to the other side. Jesus gives the disciples an assignment Go fulfill this. Go do this. Go to the other sides. And the disciples set out to do exactly what Jesus told them to do. They set out to go to the other side. But the text then teaches us that they were being battered by the waves because there was a wind that was contrary. There was a wind that was against them. In Mark's account, it talks about the fact that they were straining at the oars, 
straining at the oars. It suggests a level of fatigue, a level of effort of, of, of trying to complete what Jesus had told them to do. It's not as though they went to this, uh, this sea by themselves. They, they didn't get themselves in the midst of this moment. This is me getting in a storm in the midst of me doing what Jesus told me to do. Has anybody ever encountered a storm trying to walk and do what Jesus has told me to do? I didn't want to go to the other side, but your purpose called me to the other side. What is going on with this contrary wind? And many of us find ourselves straining trying to complete the assignment that God has given us. And we're walking in purpose. Jesus has said we're going to the other side. And I don't know what the other side looks like in your life, but we're trying to fulfill the assignment of the Lord. And here comes some wind. Straining, straining, straining. The, the text goes on to tell us uh, that, that, uh, uh, that they were uh, what it describes as a great distance from land. In the Mark account of the same story, it tells us that they were in the middle of the sea. So not only am I reaching this contrary wind, but now I'm too far. <laughs> I want to talk about two things when it comes to straining. I want to talk about being too tired and too far. Too tired and too far. Too tired, we recognize, is the state of the disciples that they were in when, when, and many of us find ourselves in, when we make a decision for the Lord to do what he has called us to do, and the rowing takes longer than we expected. When I'm, when, when I'm rowing towards purpose, when I'm, when I'm rowing in God, and there's this contrary wind that comes against us, we begin to try to testify about the wind rather than the instructions that our Savior gave us. We're going to the other side. And many of us get fatigued, get fatigued. And, and let, me, let, me, let me help you, family. Some, some storms you're fatigued by because you haven't built up yourself before you got in the storm. I love uh, uh, our spirit. I call him uh, Dad Brett, Uncle Brett, Pastor Brett, whatever category fits best, okay? He, he, he's all about the, the same boring strokes. It's an every nation thing. The same boring strokes of spiritual discipline. The time to read your Bible is not before, is not, is not in the storm. It's the time to use your Bible in the storm. But if there's nothing already on the inside of you, you're going to be blown to and from is what the scripture teaches us. And so we find ourselves being beat up by storms we're supposed to be walking through. We're supposed to be moving through. Now, let's explain where this wind comes from. So we know that John 10, 10 teaches us that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, right? We recognize that, that while, we're, while, we're, while, while we are walking with the enemy, there's this wind that is pushing us towards a life of destruction, a life of sin, a life of, uh, a life of not living with the Lord. But when we make a decision to turn and do what the Lord has called us to do, we now turn into the headwinds from the enemy. We now turn into a resistance from the enemy. I love how, I love how I've heard, you know, salvation, that moment is easy. But everything after, everything after that, salvation is a free gift. Sanctification will cost you your life. Everything after that is going to require some work. 
But how many of you all know that even though I might be fatigued and I might be tired, it's better to row with the Lord than it is to row with the enemy. It's better to keep on going with the Lord because the rest of the scripture of John 10, 10 tell us, but Jesus has come that we would have life and have it in abundance. So when I'm rowing, I'm not just rowing for rowing's sake. I'm rowing towards purpose. I'm rowing towards power. I'm rowing towards destiny. I'm rowing in obedience. And I expect a blessing because of it. Straining, straining. We're too tired. The second thought on the straining point is that at times we realize we are too far. So the scripture teaches us again that, that they, were, they were distant from the land, that they, that they are in the middle of the sea. And, and, and this, this contrary wind arises. You know, let's pause here just for a moment. I wish the Lord would tell me the wind was coming when, I, when, when he said, go to the other side. Anybody ever have that little moment? I just, God, if you would have let me know the wind that was about to get loose in this life before I had decided you know, I would have liked to have been able to calculate that together. I'd like to be able to consider that, Lord, please. If you'd let me know what demon's going to bother me today, I'd really appreciate it. Okay, I'd like to make an educated decision. Church does count the cost. I'd like to count the cost, please. But we recognize that they're in the midst of the journey too far to turn around. And this contrary wind arises. Too far to go back, too far to, to reach back. I was, I was, I, I was uh, uh, doing a, a half marathon in the spring, and, and, and there's a point where, I don't know, there's a point, <laughs> I don't know why, I don't know, I don't know why. I did it, and I don't know why. I don't know. Sorry, a little confession moment. But anyway, there's, there's a point of no return where it is shorter to keep on going than it is to turn around. And I just, you just, you just, cause you're doing it. Just, you keep, you just, I don't know. You've been doing it this long. Keep going. But there's a point where we get in God that's too far for us to return. And it is time for us as a family, as a church to become more acquainted with his instructions than the shore that we left behind. We've got to have an understanding and a revelation of where God has called us to be rather than the shore and regretting the fact that it's taking work to get to what God has said. And so we, we, are, we, are, we are too far. Again, I, I, I listen, to, listen to this church every week, and so I'm just going to quote things that you all say. I love how, <laughs> and if I wasn't here, I would just claim it like it was mine. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even say I was listening to Pastor Brett or Pastor, I would just say, this is what I said. <laughs> anyway, but I love how uh, uh, another thing that Pastor Brett has taught us, if you are going to have to work to sin and you're going to have to work in your salvation, you might as well work for the one that's going to produce an eternal reward. You might as well work to get to the shore, than, uh, work to get to the other side than it is to work to look back. I believe that at times in the midst of our straining, the enemy likes to be like that side view mirror to your car, right? That the objects in this mirror are closer than they appear. I know there's times in which... Uh, let me, how honest I'm going to be so I can come back one day. There, there are times, 
I was like, whoa, down, AJ. Uh, there are times when, when, in, when, when in my life, the, the, the past begins to look a little pleasant. There are times when I try to fold myself into what God has brought me out of. And I find that when we have an encounter with the Lord, when he truly touches our lives, it takes more effort to fold yourself back into a mold that God blew up when he saved you. So I made a list of what I'd have to do. I'd have to ignore God. Now, Pastor Jim said that I, that I minister prophetically. For a prophet trying to ignore God, that's a difficult task. Because he's always talking, right? Not that, I, excuse me, not that I'm upset about that, but you know. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to choose a life of disobedience. And have you ever tried to convince yourself that you're not disobeying God? It takes a lot, right? It's a lot of effort. Right? I tried to tell God one time I didn't know. And I'm like, but, but like, I know he knows I knew. Like, you know what I mean? Has anybody ever done it? Like, you just, no, well, God, you know, I didn't even mean, I don't know. Like, I didn't. And I'm like, that's not, this probably is not going to work well. I don't think it's like, I don't think this is going well. I'm going to have to put on a facade. And live or, or, and be in front of people and, and act like I'm living right. Because we, we, we've got discipleship out of our church. We've got community in the church. And what that means is we're just nosy Christians. <laughs> we like to be in your life to make sure you're going to get to the other side. All right? And I got a pa- We meet every week. Uh, Pastor Chris and I, we meet every week, right? He's going he to know something different. He's going to know. So I'm going to have to distance myself from my community in my small group. And layer after layer and lie on top of lie. Family, just go to the other side. Just go to the other side. Just go to the other side. All right. Point two. The reason why the enemy likes to keep us straining, the reason the enemy likes to keep us in, 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 in this in this. This, this, this effort and this, this working and making us feel like, oh, we're tired and fatigued. What, what the enemy's end game is, is he's trying to pervert how we see God. The second point I'm going to talk about tonight is searching. This goes verses 25 and 27. It says, Jesus came to, excuse me, Jesus came toward them walking on the sea very early in the morning. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. Immediately, Jesus spoke to them, have courage, it is I, don't be afraid. So the disciples are straining, they're they're, they're toiling, they're rowing, they're they're working, they're they're doing what they got to do. And then Jesus comes to them on the water without a boat. See, y'all, see, when I said it, see... That, y'all not reading the Bible right. That's not a regular thing to, that's, everybody's like, well, yeah, that's exactly what he did. Sure. Yeah, he just walked under them in water. Now, listen. Now, I love the Lord full of faith. If I'm on a boat and and Jesus, and I'm rowing, and Jesus come up walking while I'm rowing, now we're there. Yes. 
Okay, I, I'm going to have a little bit of a moment. So Jesus comes up walking on the water while they are straining to complete the task that he gave them. While they are working, Jesus is walking. While they are trying hard to complete the task that Jesus told them to do, here comes Jesus to help them complete the task that he told them to do. But they are so stressed that they don't even recognize the help has come. And let me tell you something, family. If you strain long enough, it'll affect how you search for God. It'll affect how you see him. It'll affect if you, if you, if you strain long enough, it'll change whether or not God is faithful in your life. It'll change whether I see him as faithful. And so they stopped searching. How many of us have parts of our life that we're not even looking for God to show up anymore? How many of us have parts in our, parts in our lives that say, okay, God, I can handle this part. And you're wasting your time rowing, trying to get to God without God. And so they're no longer searching. But... How many of us recognize that we serve a God that can walk where we have to work? That there hasn't been a wind that was created that could stop God from getting to us. There hasn't been an issue that was created. There hasn't been a mountain made yet that he couldn't move. There hasn't been a sickness made yet that he could not heal. So Jesus comes walking on the water to help us. Family, Jesus wants to walk on your water too. He knew when he told you to get married that if he didn't show up, you weren't going to make it to the other side. He knew that when he told you to enroll in the class that if he didn't show up, you weren't going to make it to the other side. He knew when he told you to take the job that if he didn't show up, you weren't going to make it to the other side. He knew when you had the kids that if he didn't show up, you weren't going to the other side. Don't you let your situation stop you from looking for God. Don't you let it stop you from searching. And our final point today is stepping. Matthew 14, 28 through 31 is the rest of the story. It says, Lord, if it's you, Peter answered him, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. And climbing out of the boat, Peter started walking on the water and came towards Jesus. Verse 30, but when he saw the strength of the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand, caught hold of him and said to him, you of little faith, why do you doubt? Very quickly, two thoughts I want to highlight before I go. The first is ultimate safety. Peter is in the midst of of a boat. He's in the midst of what he has built around his life to do what Jesus has told him to do. He's in the midst of man-made safety. He's in the midst of a man-made plan. And when he steps out of the boat, he doesn't just step out of, uh, step onto the water. He steps into another revelation of who God is because no other person in history has ever done what Peter did. 
So he steps out of his own plans. He steps out of his own recognition, his own, his own uh, 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 borders of safety, and he steps towards ultimate safety because he recognizes that any plan that I've built that does not have Jesus with it, I don't want it. I don't want any boat. I don't want anything in my life that does not have Jesus riding along with me. And so he steps from the boat into another dimension of faith. The second thing, and then I'll go, is calling and keeping. Calling and keeping. Keeping. We recognize that Peter then steps out of the boat, and we know the story well that the winds and the waves, uh, 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 he looks at them, and then he begins to sing, Lord, save me, Jesus saves him. I want to talk about the fact that Jesus has the power not only to call you, but to keep you as well. He has the power not only to say, come out of the boat. And many of us get there, that we step out of the boat. And we're, and we're, doing, what, we're doing the impossible. In that moment, we're walking on what should have killed us. In that moment, we are standing on what other people have died in. In that moment, we are literally doing the miraculous, doing the impossible. We are literally stepping on top of what would take, take somebody else out. And we have the faith for that first moment. But family, he's not just the God that calls you. He's the God that keeps you. That step after faith-filled step. Step after faith-filled step. After faith-filled step. After faith-filled step. As I keep my eyes on Jesus, he keeps me. Let's pray. God, we thank you, Lord, for what you did tonight, Father. I pray, Jesus, that you would continue to have your way in this service, God. Lord, I pray now, God, for every single person, Father, that's in the middle, that's in between, Father, what you have spoken, Father, and coming into the fulfillment of that, of that promise. God, I pray that they would not give up. Lord, let faith be their portion, Father. And step after step, God, moment by moment, Father, they are trusting you, following you, being led by you, Father. And God, we pray against the wind now, God. Lord, that the wind that tries to come against us, Lord, I pray, God, that we would have the attributes of Jesus. And if he is for us, then who can be against us? So, Father, let faith arise in this house, God. Let your power arise in this house, God. Let your purpose arise in this house. God, grace covered church is going to the other side. Amen.